you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar. I just want to let you guys know that Built Bar has a deal right now going on. You can get 20% off your first box at BuiltBar.com. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how's it going, sir? It's going pretty good. You know, we uh, we are past the Senior Bowl. We're looking to the Super Bowl. Uh, we uh, we got a new deal on Built Bars, which I'm, I I was not aware about until just now. I wish you would give me a heads up about that. I've got yeah, questions. You can always about... order more Built Bars. They 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 last forever. They're great. They're the they're the best. I I do have questions as to uh, why you're hoarding. Uh, uh, built bars from me, but uh, I know I'm not the only person with questions. Uh, I, I know yeah. we, we got sent in a bunch of Dallas Cowboys questions, and I'm excited. Man, to you're good at these segues. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into your questions, Lane. And actually, this first one uh, comes from Matt, who actually DM'd me. He says, can you guys make an argument for and against draft sequencing? So we talked about this on yesterday's show on, uh, you know, how we think the draft may line up for the Cowboys. So this is where this question is coming from. Uh, He says, because the more I hear about it, (laughs) the more I hate it. I get that it's trying to maximize value based on depth, but the 2017 draft is a glaring indictment on draft sequencing. I personally feel like you should take the best player available within uh, reason is just a better tactic. All right, Landon. So this is this is fun. This is right up your alley because I don't think anybody loves tra- talking about draft sequencing more than you. <laughs> wow. What are the be- what are the benefits of uh, draft sequencing, and what are the potential downfalls? Yeah, let me be clear here. There, there's definitely pros and cons. I mean, you know, there's definitely more than one school of thought here, and and I would say that draft sequencing, um, you know, as a as a practice it presupposes that the idea of drafting purely BPA is, uh, is not a, uh, is not a worthwhile endeavor. Basically BPA is a myth. That's, that's the argument. And and, and I think, you know, I, I believe that, you know, I believe that, that that is the case. Like I believe to, you know, I, I think, you know, it's one of those things that, it works great at, at a very 10,000 foot view level. But when you get down to the specifics where the rubber meets the road, like there are so many particulars that I don't know that it's, it's always true. And I, that's, that's why I guess where I'm at is that you're, you're, you're normally, I think even the, the most diehard BPA guys, uh, they would tell you that ultimately there has to be, uh, uh, you know, positional value put into that weighting. Without a doubt, of you know, there has, and, yes. and I think need is part of that as well. You know, and and, and I guess there's really just it's it's a it's a spectrum on need, like how much you're drafting for need. If if if, if you're if need is the only thing that you're considering and you're you know overlooking value. That's a problem because it needs to be part of a, a, an equation that you're viewing the draft in together, right? And I and I think and I would push back at that uh, at the at the the idea that the uh, the 2017 
uh, draft was an indictment on that because I don't think that the problem with the 2017 draft uh, – uh, I was looking up the, the actual picks, but I think the, 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 it was an indictment on draft sequencing. I, if anything, yeah, yeah. I think it was that they picked the wrong player up front. Yeah, they, they had it right, yeah. correct? Now, yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, it, it, like if they actually picked the correct player and, and they sequenced it correct, now imagine if it was – T.J. Watt, Chidobia, Wuze, Jordan Lewis, Ryan Switzer, mm-hmm. Xavier Woods. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I, I, I think. And look, you can say what you want about where we feel like Chidobia Wuze is now, or where Jordan Lewis is now, or Xavier Woods. You got a lot of good snaps out of those guys. It's not like they weren't. They were busts. You know what I'm saying? Like I think mm-hmm. you, you got what you were looking for out of those players for at least a little while. Uh, so my point being. I don't know that the 2017 uh, uh, draft was an indictment. In fact, I think it's, it was a uh, you you picked the right player at 28 that year. It's a resounding success, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I just th- I think that the key is that you you know you got to pick the right player when you're sequencing this correct. If you've got a stack of defensive ends or a stack of corners at, at a certain pick. And you don't pick the right one. That wasn't a play sequencing problem. That was oh, you know, a, 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 a pick sequencing problem. That was a uh, a player selection problem, right? Yeah, so, sure. I, I, yeah, I, I listen. I certainly can see the argument against. I could certainly see, and, and I don't think that this is something that you should all like. You know, like it needs to be your map. Like I don't think you have to do this. Like I think it's important to try to sequence it out to see you know exactly how you can game the draft to get what you need but i don't i don't know that you you go in with the hard set of rules like okay you know defensive back or bust first round defensive end second round well you know what I'm here, like, here's here's the way you should do it i think it, it, well you're right that it shouldn't be just one position or bust but i think you when we do this sequencing it's all about tiers of players yeah. right if you have let's say five second round corners that you all really like Maybe you do wait on drafting a corner in the first round if there's not that big of a difference and you're happy if any one of those five guys fall to you in the on day two. It, but it, where people get in trouble or where teams get in trouble if they pigeonhole one player, if they right. think let's let's use this draft for example, like we're gonna draft Caleb or uh, Caleb Farley in the first round and Richie Grant in the second round, and that's our draft sequencing because we believe that's the best way uh, to build our team. Well, if all of a sudden Richie Grant goes 21st to the, the Colts or whatever, now your draft sequencing is screwed, right? You, yeah. Maybe you messed up your entire draft. It's just That's just an example. And, and um, real, really, it's just kind of helping you parse the picks that you're making, right? Like right, if you're sitting right. at 10 and you've got a two guys that are touching tags that are of, of different positions, if one position is a little bit – let's say they're both positions of need. If one position is a little bit deeper, you think you can get that guy in the second round, why Correct. wouldn't you want to consider that information? Right, you know, why right. wouldn't you want to consider uh, 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 that, okay, I, I like both of these guys here. But I also have the ability that the depth in this draft a lot will allow me to take uh, 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 maybe a lesser player, obviously, because he's a little bit further down. But up posi- at that same position a little bit later, that there won't be the same kind of drop off as right. there is at this right. other position. So maybe I will wait on taking a cornerback versus a defensive. I-, I just think it's it's a tactic that is 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 
it should be used regardless. I, I don't really think there's any downside to actually sequencing out and seeing the tiers and the levels and the depth of of, of, the, of each position. I think where people will fall into trouble is if they are setting it in stone as a hard map that they have to follow. I, I think it needs to be more nebulous and it helps you kind of inform the decisions you're making. Yeah, I think the 2017 draft is just a bad example of draft sequencing because while they did miss on the first round pick, it was more they just missed on the player, right? They should have taken TJ Watt. They were hoping Tack McKinley was going to fall there. But if they did it the opposite way, Landon, I mean, I'm, I can tell you now that we're so far removed from this, what the what the picks would have been if they did it the opposite way. It would have been Kevin King would have been the cornerback they would have drafted in the first round. And then it would have been Terrell Basham would have been the defensive end. They would have drafted at pick 60, I believe. Um I, I, I mean, I know Kevin King has had his moments, but he's not a great corner. Nwuzie is better. Terrell Basham, uh, he was released uh, by the, the Colts pretty early in his career. So it, I don't think the 2017 is a good example of it. Now, well, I mean, it, but that's a misevaluation of those players. Correct. Though. Now, I'm going to say, if you here is a good example of where draft sequencing, the Cowboys did it wrong, right? The 2016 draft is is the incorrect draft sequencing, right? Because they had Ezekiel Elliott was at four. There was good running backs that we knew were going to be available in the second round. They should have taken a corner or a defensive tackle or whoever at four, and huh. then you come back in the second round and take a running back, right? Well, that's, no. That's a better no, example. Uh, no, because if you want to talk about the sequencing of the 2016 draft, Carson Wentz should have been the pick at four. Right? Well, I think we, we kind of knew right away, though, when Eagles traded up, what was that, early yeah. April, that they weren't going to get Carson Wentz. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess the point being that, like, if, if you're making a draft sequencing argument there, quarterback should have been up front, right? If you're, if you're, but, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't in know, hindsight, I don't that know was... that that's a – see, I guess my point is, is that I don't know that the 2016 draft – we can make, obviously you're going to make the argument that drafting a running back at four was not good, but oh, I, I of think, course I, am. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily uh, that's that's more was more about Ezekiel Elliott, right? That that I don't think that that's about sequencing. It's not like they ha- they knew that they needed running backs. I don't know. I I, I, I I can see what you're saying in the sense that you you're going to make the argument and that legitimate argument obviously that that they could have you know waited and gotten henry and in, in, in the draft uh you know if, if if you want to argue that that's sequencing i guess that's fine but to me i view draft sequencing more on a larger scale of of numbers you know what i'm saying like as opposed to I could have had this guy, but I should have waited until this guy. I think it's it, when I look at draft sequencing, it's more of a of an exercise on the on the the stock of the draft, like the, the like and I mean stock like a like a like a restaurant, like what's sure, what's available sure. for selection yeah, sure. of the draft. But I mean, yeah, I, I, you, you're fair. certainly not wrong. Your point is certainly not wrong. No, you're right. Though. I think you are looking again. This is the most important thing. You want to have a tier of guys that you really like fall to you in the second round. So again, if we put names on it for the 2021 draft, I feel pretty good actually about the the corners that are there and the, that are potentially going to be there in the second round for the Cowboys. So if they want to go somewhere else in the first round, 
and you've got guys like Keith Taylor and uh, Efedi Milifamu and Asante Samuel. I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. I feel feel good about those guys if you want to go a different position because I don't feel as great about the second-round defensive tackles. Uh, I don't feel great about the second-round linebackers outside of just one guy. So it's something we're going to have to continue to talk about throughout the offseason. But it is important because... The Cowboys have a lot of needs, especially on defense, and you've got to figure out the way, the best way to use the draft uh, to help fill those needs. Any final thoughts on draft sequencing before we move on? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything else with the draft. If you use it incorrectly, you're going to have a bad time. So, it's still all about player evaluation. Yes, you exactly. got to nail the players. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, you got to nail the players, and it's just the order in which you draft them. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. Are you ready for some football? We've got the Super Bowl coming up. In just a couple days, I know I've been placing all my prop bets, uh, getting ready for the big party this weekend. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Layden, let's get to some more questions. And this question is about the Cowboys' red zone offense. It comes from Kevin. He said, one of the things our offense has struggled with is red zone conversion rate to touchdowns. He mentions Kyle Pitts as a potential option. Mm-hmm. I would love that, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen. Um, how do you anticipate the Cowboys trying to improve their red zone offense this year? Dak Prescott. That's a great answer. <laughs> I mean, is there is there a concern that, you know, even with Prescott, they're not going to be a good red zone offense? Because we've seen them struggle in that area before. I think, you know, the, the issue with, with the, the aspect of Dak's game that uh, – that you know is is where I think that they can make the most improvement. They haven't really. It feels like there's been a, a period of time that they had moved away, kind of from using him uh, in in a method that. Uh, You're saying as a runner. As a runner, yeah, I, I, I think that that's something that you know they need to kind of lean back into a little bit more, or at least you know the idea of getting him on the move and, and making teams defend. Uh, the whole field, right? Because I, I think that that's really where Dak's value is, right? Because if you can get him, like you know, on a on a sprint out, I know that there's not a ton of, of room in the in the red zone, but mm-hmm. if you if you can make the def- defense defend the entirety of uh, the field's width as well as as well as the kind of shortened depth of the of the red zone, uh, that that's going to give you just that much more space to operate uh, to get people open in in the middle or wherever you need them to. I think Dak, you know, using. P- RPOs using uh, zone reads, uh, designed runs for the quarterback. Um, you know, I think that his uh, his play style, his body type, his running style really, really lends to the the red zone area, right? Because he's right, not he's right. not you know Lamar Jackson. He's not you know a guy who's a uh, open up the throttle and he's out running everybody on the field, right? And he's not like a Cam Newton either, where he's just going to run over anybody. You no, know, he's kind of he, he's, he's a, a mini Cam Newton, right? He, he's actually sure. Steve, Steve McNair is still to yes. me the best comparison, and, and I think what he what McNair could do well too is that he's got a linebacker's body. You know, I mean he's he's so he he can like 
take punishment and deliver blows as a runner, you know, if he's in, in, in initiating it and he can uh, uh, dig out dirty yards to, 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 to uh, you know, get past the, the, the plane of, the, of the, the, the end zone in order to score. So and, and then obviously he can throw the ball. So what you can do is you can get him out on the edges that could change a lot of the angles and op- change the windows for passes to, to get guys open, makes the defending uh, pass, pass defense more difficult because all the angles are changing constantly. Uh, you know, and again, I think the added element we talked about, the, the designed runs, the RPOs, the zone reads, the, those are things that give you a lot more options down in the red zone than many teams have with their quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys obviously are going to use some of Dak in the red zone, but I, I do wonder with his recent injury, do you think we'll see that cut back? Because, you know, early on in his career, we saw a ton of rushing touchdowns. I think it was three straight years of six rushing touchdowns. Do you think we'll still see that even this year? I hope so, because I, I just don't know that, like, you know, uh, that's just part of Dak's game that shouldn't be limited, you know, because yeah. I mean, it's just yep. such a great part of it, uh, such an added bonus to his game. And and, he, and he's a tough guy. I don't know that he's going to want to, to to deny that. I think he knows that that his team needs it down there uh, and that he is a, a unique red zone weapon. So I, I imagine that if Dak is back in any capacity, uh, that he's going to you know, probably insist that that go, goes back into part of the game. It, it might depend on the game situation. Like I don't think that's going to be their first option on red zone stuff. But if we get to end of games, two-point conversions they need to convert, I think that's when you will see Dak, you know, when they, they spread everybody out, they're five wides, and then seeing him take off, uh, that's where he has a lot of success. Enough that they uh, have teams have to think about it, at least. Yes, exactly. Um all right, so kind of off that same point, let's say the Cowboys fourth and goal from the three-yard line, Landon. Who are you throwing a back shoulder to fade to or a slant to on this team? Who's the number one red zone receiver on this team in 2021? Uh, CD Lamb. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really do. I think Gallup can do it at times, and we saw it, especially in 2019. Amari's still fantastic on the slants, but... Body CD's- control, high-pointing the ball, my ball mentality... Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, he's the guy that is in, in, in the back shoulder. I think he's the guy that is probably best suited at that type of game, right? Who's who's the second one? Blake Jarwin? Yeah, probably. And we didn't really get it. Ch- we haven't really gotten a chance to see exactly what Jarwin is is capable of as a full-time red zone threat. You know, I think that he definitely was going to get a lion's share of, of those looks in the red zone yeah. Yeah. Uh, this year before the injury. And obviously that got cut short, so we didn't get to see that very much. But uh, yeah, I, I really bet- feel like he was if Dak was healthy and Blake Jarwin played the whole season, I feel like he was going to get double digit touchdowns. I just did. I think it's possible for sure. He's just got that kind of athleticism. Um, but I, I, I also, you know, I, I would say that he's also not necessarily the the like jump ball type tight end. You know, like no, he's, no, no, he is more of an athlete. So I do wonder if. Uh, if like you know really close like you're talking fourth and goal at the three like i'm saying like i think he can run a slant almost anytime he wants and get open sure probably but i I think as far as like trying to throw the ball up or back shoulder or you know like those kind of throws i think you you know cd lamb is probably the guy that is going to be the best target for those i I could just see blake jarwin having a very cameron bright like career where he just every year it's six to eight touchdowns just because he's so big and so athletic and the catch radius is so massive 
that he's just going to luck into to those touchdowns every single year. So I agree with you. I do think it's CeeDee Lamb, and I think we're going to see just a monster, monster season from CeeDee Lamb in 2021. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish up and answer a couple more questions. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about TurboTax. You are one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That is why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income came from freelancing jobs. Or maybe you just want to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live Tax Experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that you're one of a kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. All right, Landon, a couple of people want to know about the Cowboys and their free agent cap space. We know they're not going to have a ton. Uh, actually, the team still don't even know yet how much cap space they're going to have. Yeah. I saw a report yesterday that they might not know until like the day before the new league year, which is going to be just absolutely crazy. Um, but this question comes from at Dak is the guy. Love the Twitter handle. <laughs> free agency is going to kick off here in a month. And we won't have a lot of money. So what is the one or two positions you could see the Cowboys spending the most money on in free agency? I don't think it's going to be two positions. I think it's going to be one. You're only going to be able to get uh, you know, so many quality free agents. Where do you anticipate the Cowboys spending their free agent dollars? Well, I mean, I think it's probably one or two, one of two positions, right? It's a uh, defensive tackle. I feel tackle like it's one, safety. to be honest. What'd you say? Well, yeah, I mean, those are the two that I think make sense. But knowing the way that front office op- operates and what they value, I think it's defensive tackle pretty easily. Yeah, I, I mean, it certainly makes sense. Maybe a linebacker. Maybe if like, you know, it's interesting because there's a, a new defensive coordinator. Uh, so you know, you think. It's certainly possible that he's going to want to bring in a couple of cheap vets, you know, from previous defenses or something like that, just to kind of have uh, some guys on his that he his guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I too do agree that as far as like if you're just looking at the roster and you're talking about any potential like regular or big money free agent uh, targets, I would think it's got to be defensive tackle, uh, and if not defensive tackle, safety. I do wonder about like Devondre Campbell, who used to be with the the Falcons a few years ago. 
Uh, he signed a one-year contract with Arizona. He's going to be a free agent. That's a that's a true weak side linebacker that can come in right away and, and probably play for you if you don't draft one and if you decide to move on from somebody like Jalen Smith. So I think that's a good call. But I do think if they're going to pay up for a position, it's probably just it's going to be defensive tackle knowing the way Will McClay and Stephen Jones value that position and there's a lot of good defensive tackle talent landing out in free agency. Yeah. I think you can get a pretty quality player and I think you're more likely to find a starting level safety in the draft rather than a starting level defensive tackle. So I just I have a feeling that's the direction the Cowboys are going to go. Yeah, I I mean it certainly makes a lot of sense if you're just you know connecting the dots. There's a need there. It's a position that they've started to kind of warm to spending some money on free agency. Uh, and it, it's a great class. You know, it's a great uh, uh, class. I mean, frankly, the safety class is also great. So, I mean, if you wanted to go that route, maybe they'll spend on both, but I can't imagine it. So, Well, we mean great as, like, there's a lot of good day two and day three options. That's uh, what we mean by I don't great. mean I didn't mean draft class. I meant free agency. Oh, okay, okay. There's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot of good names in, in safety free agency oh, as well. Uh, free agency is freaking loaded. Yeah. It's so yeah, good. Exactly. So, I, I, you know, obviously where there's not a lot of talented is in the defensive tackle draft. Class, so yeah. we, you know, we, you and I have a couple guys we like, but I mean, it all kind of starts, uh, you know, mid first round, late first round uh, with Barrymore, and then after that, you know, the next guy that you Oof. feel like comfortable taking is probably, you know, top of the second round. So it, then, yeah, I mean, there's not I, a ton I, of those guys too. No, no, and I, I mean, even the next one, which is probably. Davion Nixon or Levi Ozariki. Ozariki, uh, yeah, I was going to say. Ozariki, those guys are <laughs> scary because they only have one year of production. Exactly. They've got some medical concerns. Nixon have some off-the-field concerns. It's a, it's a scary class. So uh, safety, free agency, though. We, we'll have to go through it sometime because, yeah. my goodness, there's it's, a bunch I mean, it's, of names. It seriously is the best free agent safety market I've seen in years. It's, it's yeah, unbelievable. And, and I was saying, like, if, I, if there's one player that I would like to see the Cowboys spend money on in free agency, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, you can't. There's not a better player in scheme fit than Marcus Williams with the Cowboys. If you're looking for that center fielder, the deep safety that can play that deep third, only 24 years old. I I, I shouldn't even talk about him because it's just going to get me <laughs> sad. Where the Cowboys ultimately don't spend on him. But uh, last question. Is there any quarterback? I mean, I know we haven't spent time on the quarterbacks yet, but let me rephrase this question. Should the Cowboys look at a quarterback on day three of this draft? I, I mean, they will. You know, I, I yeah. feel like that's just kind of a, a Mike McCarthy thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they likely will look at a, a day three quarterback uh, just because they have 10 picks, you know, and, and uh, they just there's value at least – in a lot of these front office people's minds and in, in, uh, in drafting guys like this and, and trying to develop them and seeing if, you know, you can either develop them into a backup or flip them for more picks down the road. So you know, we've talked about that kind of process before. I wouldn't be at all be surprised if the Cowboys uh, again took another, uh, you know, late round quarterback to kind of uh, be competition for Danucci and, and uh, you well, know. they might not. They might need a backup as well because you know Dalton's a free agent. We heard some rumors over the last couple of days that Andy Dalton could potentially get some starting interest from Washington. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Cowboys need to find a, a, a quarterback. What about Garrett Gilbert? Do you think? I mean, let me ask you this because I, I mean, I like Garrett Gilbert I better than Andy would Dalton like to, last year. <laughs> I personally would like to see Gilbert 
get a shot at the backup quarterback. Uh, so would I. I would I would be perfectly fine with that. Garrett Gilbert and then a day three pick. Yeah. Sign me up. Let's do it. Sign me up. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.